0: Welcome to the Nerd Normie Podcast. I'm a big film nerd, Everett.
1: And I'm Emerald, and I'm engaged to a nerd.
0: On this week's episode, we'll be covering two movies.
1: The Last Voyage of the Demeter, uh, directed by Andre Overdahl.
0: And Godland, directed by Hilner Palmason. For both of these movies, we will start with non-spoilers and then go into spoilers. Time codes for both of those will be down below. Let's get into it.
1: The Demeter, charter from Romania to London. Shipping private crates, contents unknown, out at sea with no land in sight. Um. Okay, for my pick this week, I chose The Last Voyage of the Demeter, directed by Andre Overdahl. Um, I chose this because it is a new imagining of Dracula, basically based off of one chapter of the original book, Um, It was supposed to be a scary movie. I thought it would be like a little fun, jump scary, cheesy type movie. Um, It was not. (laughs) (laughs) It takes place on the Demeter, a boat. And as it states, it is the last voyage of said boat as they are hauling a coffin with a vampire inside That's it. That's the movie. Um, and it's not good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, it is as simple as it sounds. Dracula is on a boat. People will die. Uh, and they don't then twist that at (laughs) all. Like there's no, there's nothing about it that sets this beyond the simple premise Uh, I think they think it does. They're trying to be super dramatic and deep. And they're not. And so, yeah. I think the best thing I can say about this movie is it's competent. And that it doesn't look bad. It's not, you know, the production quality is good. The cast, you'll, it's an entire cast of, oh, I've seen them in something. Oh, they've been in that one thing, I know. None of them are huge stars, but they're all very good. Um, and it's... Yeah, it's just there's nothing special about this movie.
1: Yeah, I would definitely wait for streaming. Um, I would also wait for streaming not only because it's not worth the money, but because I would have needed closed captions. Because a lot, they, every single cast member has different accents and they're all kind of mumbly because they're pirates, not pirates, but they're like ship workers, you know, and it's like loud because they're on the ocean and I just, I really had a hard time.
0: Yeah, when you've got like a Romanian and a Russian yelling at each other in the middle of a storm, it can be a little about things that are not like common, play- like ship terminology and individual languages are, like, coming through slightly, like, some terms around Dracula and stuff are being used in their original languages, and it's
1: But luckily with this movie, 90% of it is just them yelling their names back and forth at each other, so there's really not a lot to understand.
0: It really... I caught onto it about 30, 40 minutes into the movie. I was like, wow, they're just yelling each other's names a whole lot in this. And then once I kind of clued into that i was almost sorry if you can hear our cat um i feel like we end up saying that almost every week
1: yeah he just (laughs) decides to scream anytime we start recording because we're not giving him attention so i'm sorry
0: (laughs) um but yeah they it almost becomes distracting and laughable how much of the movie they just they assume any noise despite the all of the stuff that's been happening must just be their friend playing a prank on me oh that must be so and so and so they just yell their name and walk around the boat slowly until they come across dracula
1: yeah it's just it's not very it's just not good i wish they would (laughs) have him and i both wish they would have just not showed dracula the whole time and just had like slight glimpses where you're like oh well maybe that could be him or maybe not like behind the sails or something it's such a good set to have like a mysterious monster that you're not quite sure if it's there or not and yes the monster looked good for the most part but they overused it to the point that it was just not
0: it was just (laughs) another character to the point where like it's walking out of a shadow and I'm like, yep, there he is again. And then two minutes later, oh, there he is walking around again. Oh, there he is climbing down this. Oh, there he is biting this person.
1: Yeah, if Everett would have directed it, he would have made it a psychological thriller where you couldn't tell if the monster was real or not. And I think that would have also been just a way better way to take it because it was, he was way overused.
0: Yeah, I think you've got a great setup of there's a supernatural creature that nobody Except for one character who's uh, a woman who is there for reasons we'll get into in spoilers. Um, but she's the only one who kind of knows what this creature is. Everybody else has their superstitions or they're trying to rationalize it with the real world. Yeah. All of this kind of stuff. And so you've got a very fraught, tense situation where everybody's stuck in a small close quarters world together for four weeks and there is something slowly killing them off and that is a great setup to really delve into the psychology and the fear and the distrust between each other a la like a lighthouse a it comes at night hereditary and instead it just goes a very generic boring route And it's not even like they end up just doing lots of jump scares or lots of gore. It's not overly gory for what it is. It's very minimal on jump scares or, you know, loud sound, sudden burst type stuff. It doesn't have a lot of psychological tension or fear. I don't really ever feel peril. Also right in the first moment of the film this might be considered a very slight spoiler but the literal first scene of the movie is the end of the movie so you pretty much know the outcome and so you know what's gonna happen on this ship and again it's Dracula on a ship obviously a lot of people aren't going to make it yeah but it made me never
1: get it for any of them because (laughs) yeah but that's the other thing is, like, they had the perfect setup to do this, like, psychological evaluation of the characters. Because there is the girl who knows what it is. There's a very religious man on the ship who thinks it could be, like, the devil. There's, like, a guy who's super superstitious. And then there's a doctor who only believes in science who is, like, convinced there's a reasonable explanation yeah, for this. there's
0: the first mate who doesn't care what it is he's going to get you know we've got a job to do and we're going to get here we have a captain who has his grandson on board and it's his going to be his last voyage no matter what happens on it and they also i think did a very good job if they got the cargo to england by a certain day they would get bonus pay so it establishes why they never dock again or like why when things start to go wrong They don't just immediately dock. They're about to make bank. If they can get to England just two days sooner or whatever, going to port will cost them those two days. So they don't want to do it. And so at the start, when things start going wrong, you're like, oh, you should just dock and assess and evaluate what's going on. But they all want to be
1: rich. (laughs) And at that point, they're not entirely sure if anything's happening. So it makes sense why they don't.
0: Yeah. And so I think it, again, it does a good job of setting up the potential for why they're not and then again you could have had a split and a you know, between the crew of those who are like, No, I want my money and those who are like, I don't care how much you pay me, I don't want to be on this ship anymore. And that could have set up some interesting tension between characters. But they all seem relatively on the same page. Even when they have wildly different worldviews, they all go, Yeah, okay, we'll do this. Yeah, okay, we'll we'll all work together and figure this out. And it's like That's nice. Glad people are getting along, but that leaves no tension in the in the movie.
1: It was just very boring.
0: Yeah. So I Uh, think that's about about All we got to say. We'll move into spoilers
1: (laughs) now. (laughs) All right. So moving into spoilers, uh, the last voyage of the Demeter. It opens up with the Demeter washing up on the London shore, and. nobody is in the boat and if they are in the boat I'm guessing they're dead because there's people like throwing up and freaking out and whatever when they find it but they're like there's no survivors
0: and (laughs) immediately to me was a red flag for this movie because two things one now we know and again it was pretty obvious pretty much everyone was gonna die but we knew like 100% Everyone was gonna die. And it wasn't even like they tease, oh, so and so's gonna survive, and you're like, Oh my gosh, how do they get out of this situation? And as it unfolds, you can't believe they're gonna make it, and then they do. doesn't do that. Um, even though a character does survive. And then, I guess, yeah. Yeah. And so you have no you just assume everyone's gonna die or whatever. And then also it sets up the idea like, Oh, this, you know, a character literally says, like, I won't go back on there, it's the worst thing I've ever seen and I'm like, Okay. You're going to have to really do some do violent some gore, gross yeah. gore. And then, literally, nothing worse than someone getting a neck bit
1: happens.
0: Yeah. Like, it's a gory neck bite. And I'm.
1: I mean, that one guy who gets his nose sliced in the, the door guy is kind of rough. His, yeah. It, he's not on the ship anymore. They throw him yeah. over. So Or, no, he burns to he death burns and then death. they throw yeah. him over.
0: So, yeah. And, like, I get that for that guy. I personally would not want to go back on that ship if i was uh you know a british guy back then or whatever i would also be saying to the constable no i'm you can't make me go back in there it's so gross and disturbing but in the realm of a horror movie some holes in people's necks
1: and also back then they watched decapitations and hangings for fun like it's back when like public punishment was a real thing that's not in the movie i'm just like (laughs) if you've seen a decapitation having a little neck bite isn't the worst thing you've seen
0: (laughs) yeah and a lot of the characters who do have the gory moments of their death are either at the bottom of the ocean or burned up skeletons yeah there's not a lot of You know, there's no Dracula rips heads off and they're hanging from the ceiling, and a guy's caught in the, you know, ropes of the ship with his bowels dripping down. Yeah,
1: they had a (laughs) moment that they could have done something with someone hanging from like the sails or whatever. And then, because there's like blood dripping down on this kid's face. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so gross. And the music swells, and they look up, and he just has like a little baby neck bite. And I was like, oh.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, again. You're not willing to go beyond Dracula just bites people in the neck for efficiency, and so you're not going to deliver on the -the over-the-top gore violence that makes it a horror movie and so you needed to lean into the psychological okay. and they just don't
1: especially because when they very first introduced dracula and you actually see him he's like very weak and can't stand up really and he's like licking the blood off the floor and stuff so you'd think they do like he could have been so cool it's just a bummer with what they did but anyways they're in this ship this some of their crew quits or whatever because there's a symbol that's a bad omen on one of the boxes that's like a dragon and so this other doctor guy gets to go on board and get back to london which is where he wanted to go anyways um the first night or second night there they find a woman in one of the boxes who's like dying and immediately he's like she needs a blood transfusion and starts pumping his own blood into her No question on their blood type, nothing, just jimmy-jamming that in there and pumping his own blood into her.
0: Yeah, I think, I wonder if there was a draft of this script in which, instead of going the direction they did in the end, he was a doctor who was so, so essentially he's um, African descent, black-skinned, and managed to be one of the first or the first to graduate from Cambridge as a doctor and then nobody would hire him because of the color of his skin and so he ends up in the backwater of Romania trying to find a job um, whatever and ends up on this ship and the way he acts the reckless nature of you know blood transfusion and denying any supernatural stuff and whatever I thought his character's arc was going to be something along the lines of, like, he's so driven to prove himself that he's going to end up costing someone's life because, like, you know, he's going to do something like a blood transfusion and end up poisoning someone. Or he's going to be so convinced he can save someone that that he's going to try and keep them alive and then they're going to start killing more people because they've started to turn into a vampire. But in the end, he's just a hero all the way through and he gives lots of lengthy speeches about either hating god he has to
1: understand the world and he's not religious and god's not real and mankind needs to look at him and
0: yeah and so (laughs) yeah or like he goes off one guy's basically just like are we sure we can do this or something and then he literally just yells for two minutes about racism and i was like again Racism is bad, I'm not saying it's not, but like we could have handled this with a little more tact and nuance and development beyond just a man yelling racism is bad. Yeah. On a <clears throat> ship.
1: So the girl gets kind of better. Um she tells them that Dracula's on board, except for she never says that. She just says, He's here and they are supposed to apparently know what that means. Um at the beginning, she spoke no English, but by the end, she only speaks English. Um, there's a little kid on the boat. His dog gets eaten, which is rude, because uh, mm. the dog was very cute. All the livestock gets killed. One by one, all of the people get killed. They There's more ranting about God. Also, the poor captain of this ship, his grandson, gets bit by the vampire, slowly starts to turn into a vampire. They decide he's dead so they go to throw him overboard and he's like no he's alive he's moving so they unwrap his body and he bursts into flames and gives the captain third degree burns so he just locks himself away in his captain's quarters and then he's like oh I'll just steer the ship out into sea and you guys can escape but for some reason they just don't go with that plan and then they never show him again did you notice that? yeah like, when all the drama goes down and everyone's dying, they just never show him again. And it's just so much wasted potential in this movie. And then at the end, they kind of try and do this weird love story between the doctor guy and the Romanian girl.
0: That, it was laughable. It, was it came out of nowhere. awful.
1: <laughs> and, like, they're, like, holding hands and, like, we are together. And she's like, I've never got to choose anything in my life. I get to choose to die now. And then she takes the only floating board with a seat instead of him having to dangle in the water for days trying to get to London and burns to death in the sun and they all burn to death in the sun and they know that the vampires burn to death in the sun and, and they, they know where, where the sleeps. vampire sleeps so they could have just brought his coffin upstairs opened it and he would have died but they're stupid and didn't they also had lifeboats the whole time nobody took one um, well, the, well the one guy the tried did. and then got eaten but he yeah. also tried at night cause that's stupid um <laughs> and then he's sitting in a bar and Dra- at the end and Dracula's there in a top hat even though he still looks like a weird bat monster creature and then it he like chases him out giving this long dramatic speech about how there's going to be a sequel to the movie basically and is he's going to hunt him down till the end of time or whatever and that could have also been something so cool because like you see when it shows the coffin that he has this like cane And the woman talks about how Dracula can disguise himself to look like a regular man. And so at the end, they could have done, like, had him look normal and not, like, obviously a vampire in this bar or whatever. And had his, like, suspicions rise or something. And he has to convince all of London that this is not a normal man who just bought this manor. It's, like, Dracula. But, yeah, they don't. And it's just, it's so bad. (laughs) Yep.
0: Yeah, it just, it never comes together, it never does anything interesting or unpredictable or...
1: Gory or suspenseful. Or... It's not a horror, it's not a thriller, it's not an action, it's just... It's
0: not a drama, it's not a...
1: It's literally the trailer, piece. but longer. Yeah. Just watch the trailer if you're interested. That's all you need to know. Yeah.
0: So, what would you rate this one out of ten?
1: A two, maybe? <laughs> Maybe a three.
0: Yeah, I was going to go a little nicer and give it a three or a four. I think it's, again, like, competently made. The set looks great. The monster looks great. The actors are good. It's just a poor, underdeveloped script that's trying too hard to set up sequels and play everything safe. um, And just doesn't come together. But its biggest sin is just that it's really boring and not an interesting movie by any regard. Yep. So I will... Yeah. Did I say what I was going to give it? Yeah, three or four. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on.
0: Evil is on board. Powerful evil. We call him Dracula. All right, my movie this week was Godland. It is a Danish movie um, from this year. And basically, the premise is a danish priest uh journeys to iceland uh and decides he wants to go across the countryside to photograph its land and its people on his way to his final destination Uh, and along the way he starts to go a little crazy yeah and i think the strongest part of this movie is the visuals
1: yeah, I mean, it's
0: it's beautiful. Iceland,
1: it's beautiful. Yeah. It's
0: a beautiful landscape. They go way out into the countryside. Um, it's shot. So basically, they're also, in real history, they found these seven prints of photos taken by a priest in Iceland, or a Danish priest in Iceland that inspired this movie. And so the whole way through, he's carrying his camera gear and taking pictures at different points. And they represent these images that they found in real life. And so the whole movie is in the framing size of old photographs and even has little, like slightly rounded corners and a little like grain and stuff. So it like, looks like an old photograph, just in brilliant, vibrant color.
1: I do wish they would have showed the original photos. Yes.
0: Yeah, they never actually go and show you those, which was... I think they then... There is a point where they show, like, I think it is all seven photos he took the character but they don't put them side by side or show you the
1: yeah and actual there's also a, there's also a plot hole in that if that's the case which we'll go into during spoilers
0: <laughs> um but yeah so it is a beautiful stunning to look at movie it is very slow as they literally just walk across iceland Um, and I think I like the themes, I like the story on paper, and I think there are some very interesting moments, but it never capitalizes, and I, there's one main issue is the character only speaks Danish, and most of the people around him only speak Icelandic. And so there's never scenes where they can have a chance for the character to really talk and develop what's happening because the visuals are quite ambiguous about what is happening in a lot of ways. Uh, There is one moment where we see him praying in his tent and I was like, yeah, give me more of this so I can understand him. And they only did it once or maybe twice. And so you never, you don't end up inside his head enough when he goes crazy to really get what this movie's trying to say
1: which is a bummer because it really did hold my attention and which I is was, shocking <laughs> yeah i don't like slow movies like this and i was like really waiting for it to bring it home and then it was just like disappointing and not in the way that like they didn't i don't even know how to explain it like they did what they set out to do it's on it... the
0: like the movie feels the whole time like it's on the tip of your tongue like oh this is this is it's coming hold on just oh you can see it it's starting to twist it's turning it's coming this is gonna be the moment and then it just it keeps sitting on that edge of becoming truly a masterful piece of cinema cinema like it is a stunning movie to look at and the acting i think is actually really good in this i think everyone's really strong the performances but again there's just it's something missing yeah there's just not enough understanding who the main characters are and their journey beyond the physical walking across iceland yeah and so that falls short however there are some adorable dogs and now i want an icelandic sheepdog <laughs> for ourselves uh and some really cute little kids yeah. So, if you're into, you know, cute dogs and cute kids, this movie's got that.
1: I mean, not <laughs> enough of it to be worth the whole no. time. I, it's, like, almost good for me. Like, I don't even know. I wouldn't recommend it to someone.
0: But yeah, I probably wouldn't.
1: It. I want to. I wish <laughs> I could, but there's just something missing. Yeah,
0: these... These are the types of movies. I basically, when I saw this, I all I saw was it was receiving really good reviews. It was about a Danish priest in Iceland, and that's supposed to be cinematically gorgeous. And I was like, "Cool, and he I'm loves sold. Iceland." <laughs> <laughs> I do love Iceland. I also love Denmark. Uh, two of my favorite places I've been. I say that with everywhere I've been, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do really, uh, particularly Iceland. I I love it there. Um, and so I was super excited for this, and it just. These are also some of my favorite types of movies are these grand, sweeping, visually stunning mood pieces that just seem to be about nothing but tell you the most profound things about the world. And this movie just doesn't deliver on its setup. And it's really disappointing because I really wanted to love this one. Yep. i think that's all we've got for no spoilers let's head into spoilers all right spoilers for godland um right off the bat our priest has a conversation with his like head priest person um, and they're talking about his journey to iceland and he's like yeah and beware there is a volcano that's erupted and it smells so horribly strong that it makes people go crazy uh, and then the whole way through the movie, you see this volcanic eruption. The sky is really bright, or there's smoke rising off the horizon. You can see that it's there. And I think it's supposed to be pervasive enough that that's what's turning him I crazy. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, but that's that's the the issue. He He, quote-unquote, goes crazy. But it really he's just kind of a jerk he's a little bit of a jerk and then he turns into a violent jerk and then it's over and so there's never I, th- I really thought this was going to be a psychological movie of this man trapped in a country where he doesn't speak the language he's way out in the middle of nowhere he's being turned crazy by volcanic smells and he's going to go insane and he never really does he ends up making it to his destination not safely because he does end up really ill but and then they revive him
1: and carry him there basically
0: and revive him and he's fine and then they build his church and he's fine
1: and that's one of the things that makes me the most angry about this movie is that like the leader of the icelandic people who are leading him there he literally like is trying to explain and trying to explain and trying to explain how he can safely maneuver his horse, how he can do all this stuff. And, like, the guy just, like, doesn't... Obviously, he doesn't understand the language because his translator gets... dies in a river. Um, but, like, the guy is trying, and he gets a little frustrated because, you know, he's trying to lead someone who doesn't speak the language across an entire country on horseback. And he gets like you know a little frustrated whatever but he's still very helpful and really trying to get this guy to where he needs to go and helps build this church plays music at a wedding like whatever isn't that much of a jerk this whole time like he's and the priest just hates him and like all he asks for is for the priest to take his photo and the priest like screams at him and says that he doesn't want him <laughs> Yeah, and kills him and is like, I don't want your ugly face on my camera. I how stupid do you have to be, all this stuff and is like and that guy's so nice I mean like he did kill that other guy's horse, but it was his own horse. Like I just
0: Yeah, and that is never fully set up. I think that was in the priest's mind that he killed the horse because it changes shot to be it's being shot like a normal conversation and then it goes completely front square on which is slightly more like POV of the priest or like just breaks the mold of this conversation. And then he goes, I killed your horse. And then it's never talked about again. So I think that's supposed to be one of those moments. The priest is going crazy and he believes this man killed his horse. But in reality, we've, learned he doesn't like to close the horse pen he's constantly leaving it open he loses the girl's horse when he goes to the water like he's always not taking care of his horse he's
1: just the worst and he's mean and also he has premarital sex with a girl who i don't know how young she is like she seems to be around his age but she still lives with her father and her father's very protective of her and the priest sleeps with her, which seems found upon. Yeah. While you're building a church. But Probably. okay. Um,
0: yeah, I think, I think the reason also he has, like, that outburst, you do see it. The family he ends up staying with in the community where he builds the church is also Danish and has moved to Iceland. And there's very clear Danish racism towards the Icelandic people there. He believes them to be superior and, like, the... Um, the dad of the family, literally the poor Iceland guy, spills his wine accidentally, and he's like, oh, what do you expect? You invite an Iceland- Icelander into your house, and they're going to, you know, drink your wine and spill the rest of it. They're just animals, basically. And so the priest also kind of believes this to be true. But again, in vain with everything we've been saying, it's not fully developed, the racial tension, and they, you know difference between the two cultures that it's there if you want to look for it and there's a couple moments where it's very like apparent but it doesn't i wouldn't say this is a movie about cultures colliding and racism and so it just
1: yeah it really hurt my feelings because the poor little icelandic guy like he's wants to learn how to be a man of god he wants to learn how to be forgiven in the eyes of god and like the priest won't help him which is like that's literally your whole job your entire job is to teach people about religion and you're just gonna say he doesn't deserve god in his life and like then later on he just wants his photo taken he says no he calls him ugly whatever Like, it's just upsetting. Like, he really is trying to learn and be nice and be helpful, and he's just murdered for it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I think, for me, and maybe it wouldn't, but I think there's, like, one small, or, like, two small things that if you change these two things, this movie would achieve its potential. And that is, throughout the whole thing, The Icelandic Man... Ragnar is telling stories constantly singing songs telling stories and they are tangentially related to what is happening and develop stuff but there should have been a story about um there's some guy you know cocky foreigner comes to the country dies out in the countryside because he doesn't understand how to survive in Iceland and he's not accepting help from the locals or something a little less on the nose a little more poetically said because it's well written blah 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 But something to that effect that puts that in our mind that the Icelanders do believe their country is harsh and rugged and that it will eat up anyone who doesn't respect it. The priest this whole time is walking through not respecting it. He's slowly becoming ill. He's going insane. The countryside and journeying through it is beating him up. We then get to the end of the movie and he kills Ragnar and then instead of fleeing and being like, later, well after he's killed him and just having a bit of a mental breakdown and deciding to ride off and then getting stabbed by the Danish father, he should have been claimed by the nature. And, you know, they go and they find him, you know, on the cliffside frozen or something. And that's, or just out in a field, he didn't make it because he decided to just try and wander back on his own because he's an arrogant man who doesn't respect Iceland, and then he dies.
1: Yeah, especially because, like, they have to cross this big river at the beginning and Ragnar the leader is like we shouldn't do this it's not safe we should go back get our horses hay and come back in two days and cross the river and the priest goes no we're doing this right now and then his translator dies in the river because it wasn't safe to cross and they never bring up the fact that like hey he died and it's your fault you know or like yeah
0: yeah so I think I I literally I do think if he just died because of his nature own and Iceland beating him because of his arrogance, this then very much does become a movie about cultures coming in and being like colonizing places and not respecting. Yeah, because the, the dad the murdering place. him
1: doesn't fit. It's just random.
0: Yeah. It's almost just like he puts him down because he's a sick dog and he's like oh I think you're sleeping with my daughter I don't like that and you're clearly going insane and you're going to hurt this community it's best that I just kill you out here in a field and let everyone think you did die naturally.
1: Because I I liked (laughs) he finally the church was finally built and he finally gets to give his first like sermon and um it's right after he murders Ragnar, and his he's obviously crazy, and he's in there, and Ragnar's dog starts barking like crazy right outside the door, and you can tell it's just bothering him and bothering him and bothering him, but then, like, a baby starts fussing inside, and you can tell it's only bothering him because he wants to be the only one talking, and so, like, that kind of bothers me because I thought it was gonna, like, lean into him literally going crazy and realizing he actively murdered someone. Yeah but then he just walks away gets on a horse
0: yeah maybe that if the baby is from an icelandic side of the community then i'm okay with that disturbing him but again i don't know yeah the other issue which isn't necessarily an issue but a a mild frustration for watching this as an english viewer Icelandic and Danish are both (laughs) Scandinavian languages very much rooted they have many similar words and they sound very similar and it's hard to tell when a character especially a background character is speaking one or the other or they often flip between the two and the subtitles didn't specify in Danish and then what they're saying in Icelandic what they're saying so sometimes like Ragnar does end up revealing he does speak a decent amount of Danish, he just doesn't like to.
1: Because in Iceland, they do Danish Sundays and speak Danish on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: but he doesn't like this tradition or whatever. But so, like, he then does speak a little bit of Danish at the end of the movie, but it might as well have been him still speaking Icelandic, as far as we know. Or, you know, these members of the community are talking to each other. I don't know. Are they speaking Danish? Are they speaking Icelandic? Are, what side of the community are they on? and so
1: yeah especially i I do wonder at the beginning they do the title in danish and then the title in icelandic so they should have specified with the languages yeah
0: and so i wonder if i spoke scandinavian languages better or one of the two and could i easily identify which was which if i would get a slightly better appreciation of this movie because i would kind of understand sort of like where cultural allegiances lie in the community at the end, which was very unclear. I knew the head guy was Danish, and I knew Ragnar was Icelandic, and everyone else could have been either. Yeah, and that made it hard to fully understand the movie. So there is a caveat. Maybe it is better than
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: or more developed than I'm giving it credit for, but it was hard to tell in the English release.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. So what would you rate it?
0: Oh, I want to give it such a high score but my heart wants to give it like an eight or a nine but I think realistically it's a seven
1: yeah I would say six and a half seven because I wanted so badly for it to be good because it's so beautiful and the setup on paper is so good it just doesn't have that landing that we needed for it to be phenomenal so I would give it a six and a half seven
0: yeah, and a little behind the scenes I didn't tell her what movie I was picking till like the day of because I was so nervous she would look it up and then not be interested because this on paper is not her type of movie. Uh so I am I'm very happy that you gave it that high score. I think I'm rubbing off on you.
1: <laughs> Shut up. som you have a fine? Alright, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Nerd and Normie and tune in every Monday for a new episode.
0: And if you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. And if you're on audio platform, please give us a five-star review. It really helps us out.
1: Thank you.